Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. Well, incredibly sad news and enormous, enormous international reaction to to the death of Taylor Hawkins. Really sad, and he's only 50 years old. And it struck me, um, what a sad story. And it struck me that I I can remember that he did an interview with Steve Lamack about two years ago, a little documentary thing for Six Music, uh, called uh, a kind of drumming workshop. And I remember watching that and thinking when I did that we often don't really appreciate drummers. I mean, I think we appreciate guitarists, we appreciate keyboard players, and we appreciate frontline musicians because we have a kind of frame of reference for what they do. But drummers, what they do is so technically complicated and and uh, and hard to hard to comprehend that I think we can't quite quite evaluate who the good ones are and who the bad ones are. And in this. Um, interview. He's really, really interesting and can impersonate uh, all the drummers that he really likes. He talks about John Bonham, that kind of lazy, thudding, tub-thumping, kind of pulverising, you know, uh, blood-curdling sound that he makes, you know. Uh, Alex Van Halen, kind of fireworks, kind of incendiary sound. Uh, Jeff Beccaro. But his two great favourites are Roger Taylor of Queen, and Stuart Copeland of the police, which is also interesting because they're both trios. So it's one of those bands where all of them are kind of lead instruments and they're really yeah, different. They're yeah. big kit drummers. And he says, uh, Roger Taylor is basically this kind of, uh, this enormous, um, vast, great sound with, with quite a lot of detail, lots of, lots of interesting things, lots of cowbells, lots of, lots of little bits of percussion that you don't expect. Uh, lots of big flourishes. He used to learn his entire drum solos. Of course, you can learn a drum solo because no one's going to say, that's so-and-so's drum solo that you're reproducing. And the other one was Stuart Copeland, who does this kind of really, really driven uh, propulsion with lots of internal syncopation. And I thought that was very interesting. And also, I thought it was very interesting at the end of this interview where he talks about how he's in the Alanis Morissette. He was in the Alanis Morissette. Yeah. And had um, become big pals with on the on the festival circuit with with Dave Grohl who just started the Foo Fighters this is 25 years ago and uh, he said they they absolutely fell in love it was a kind of bro ship and he just adored this guy 
And the Lannis Morissette and said to him, when are you going to join the Foo Fighters? He said, well, that's no, I'm never going to be asked. You know, it'll never happen. And when he was asked, he left one of the biggest bands in the world, the Lannis Morissette band, for the Foo Fighters. And the reason he did it is because you will never make a name for yourself in a band that's for a solo artist. No, that's true. You, know, you, you can only make a name for yourself in a band. I thought that was a really interesting point. You know, Paul McCartney's had the same band for 25 years. And unless you, you're one of the people who goes to his concerts. Yeah, no can you remember the name of any? can't remember a single name of any of them. They're amazing. No, I, oddly enough, I would recognise them band, if I bumped same. into them in the street, but I wouldn't know their names. I'd have to go and look up their names. It's really true. That Yeah, Brian Ray and Rusty Anderson are the two guitar players. You know, and they're amazing musicians, but you just, you cannot make a name for yourself, you know. So his whole uh, thing was, I want to be in a band. And in that because band, Alex is, Alex, this is our kind of Foo Fighters correspondent. But he wasn't the first drummer in the Foo Fighters, was he? No. Um, William Goldberg, I believe, was, I think that was his name, was the live drummer around the first, or the first couple of records Dave put together on his own. So he played everything on them. And then he put a band together around him to, to take it out onto the road. And there was a different drummer, um, which he ended up firing, I think, um, some kind of creative differences. Um, and then, yeah, he, he asked he asked Taylor to join, and he was just the absolute perfect fit, you know. Um, yeah, it's really upsetting on, on, on so many levels because obviously there's that great bromance, you know. It feels like the end of a romance somehow because you know you, you think of the Foo Fighters and you think of Taylor and Dave, and they're two sides of the same coin. And, you know, um, I mean, all, all the bands that I really fell in love with, there's some kind of relationship. There's some kind of duo relationship in there. You know, it's Noel and Liam or Pete and Carl or, or, or Taylor and Dave and or John and Paul. Um, and that somehow makes the band even more real, you know. No, like it, a, does. Like a, it does. Um, it gives it more emotional kind of. No, purpose, it's really but, true. It's what yeah. bonds you to a band is, is your, your, your relationship with the relationships within the band. Clarence, you kind of feel like in some job. way you're in it. Yeah, yes, no, Clarence true. and Bruce. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. It was so dynamic as well. People like that. I mean, you know, you thought of Taylor Hawkins and you just kind of thought of pure energy, a complete lightning bolt of a person, you know. Um, every time you think of him, he's moving somehow. And, you know, these people in, on, on some level, you kind of, you kind of feel like they're somehow immortal because, because of their just inherent dynamism. And, and just to kind of to get the notification on my phone saying this guy has stopped working. Um, it, it just feels really bizarre and surreal and, you know, um, uh, and, and also having got sober 20 years ago, having put all that effort into getting clean and staying clean uh, uh, and for at 50 to, to, to effectively top yourself with a cocktail of what, 10 drugs? It just feels well, like a real crying shame. I mean, the, well, it is a terrible shame. I mean, in many circumstances but it just goes to show you do not know you and we should know. make it clear that it was obviously accidental and we don't yeah. know and that's just no, what, we, what yeah the, yeah, the yeah. Were saying. And, and you you just never know you know and if people are if they're if their profession means that they are regularly giving interviews where they kind of talk about their personal circumstances they will tend to overstate those one way or the other <laughs> it's just a natural thing, you know. Yes, I'm completely clean. Yes, I've quit all that. So you don't know if that's the truth at all, you know. 
because the truth is they're just getting by like anybody else, you know, albeit uh, albeit um, via private jet. You know, it's the same same human tragedies that um, you know exist in in any street. Really, uh, it's very sad. But he was so charismatic, wasn't he? And I think a, a lot of that was due to his incredible looks. You know, he, yeah, he looked yeah. like a kind of like Robert Redford uh, uh, around the time of Butch Cassidy, but with kind except of with long he was hair. fifty. Except he was fifty. Except he was 50. That was a, <laughs> that's a really odd thing. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, incredible looking guy. Really, yeah. really charismatic and funny. Yeah, he adored him. The word podcast: prime cuts of popular culture served fresh each week. So I've been reading this piece in the New Yorker about uh, a place called Latitude Margaritaville in Florida. And this is a retirement community branded with uh, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, his famous song is, of course, Margaritaville. Which, interestingly, the opening line of which is, is nibbling on a sponge cake. So that seems to be, seems to be very, very appropriate somehow. I thought it was absolutely fascinating, this piece. Very long piece in the New Yorker. It's really worth reading. Um, because what emerges from this is that apparently the only member of the kind of baby boomer generation of rock stars who has the kind of brand values that naturally translate to the whole area of retirement relaxation is Jimmy Buffett. It's not Paul Simon. No, no, it's, it's not Paul McCartney. It's not Bob Dylan. It's not any of those people. It's Jimmy Buffett, because Jimmy Buffett. The whole idea is that he's, uh, you know, he's um, he's got his feet up, hasn't he? Yeah, he's wearing yeah. Hawaiian and he's looking shirt. back at his life with a certain <laughs> amount of regret and remorse. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. And, oh. and he's he's got a he's got a, a margarita at his right hand, you know, and. Um, you see, he's always ready to to knock off another song, you know, about about his uh, about his life, and uh, there are clearly huge numbers of people in America who really identify with the life that Jimmy Buffett has presented and celebrated in his songs for a long, long time. Yeah. Let's now, you know, it's sort of what is it, forty, fifty years, you know. And uh, and apparently there is there are a number of these retirement communities uh, in various different places in the United States. Of course, they're all mainly in Florida, which is, of course, one of the things that comes out from the story is that is that all these people have uh, have fled their uh, you know their cold, high tax paying states in the north in the north of the United States to go down to the south of the United States where it's warmer and you don't pay so much taxes. And you probably, therefore, if you, if you worked there, you couldn't afford to retire there. You know, that's the, that's the irony. But they all go down there to kind of, um, you know, it's Trump state, isn't it, really? Completely. And, uh, and what they all say is they kind of, they've learned to keep off the subject of politics within Latitude Margaritaville because you can't assume that just because a person likes the same Jimmy Buffett songs that you do, that you're going to find any kind of agreement with them any common on, ground. On, on, on other issues. And I thought it was just absolutely fascinating. And I was, I was wondering if there are other, um, possibly, are there any other rock stars that you might, you might similarly wish to go and spend your retirement in a community branded with, 
this particular rock star. There's some suggestions here. I uh, saw them. I thought they were really, really funny. They're some just, very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. From John, John Rowland, who uh, paints a picture of a retirement community where the folks sit around refusing their meds and muttering bigoted comments under their breath. Not much changes from day to day. Welcome to the every day is like Sunday. It's great, isn't it? It's very good. I and think there was, there was a lovely one. Somebody mentioned uh, uh, in the land of grey and pink. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely priceless. Sorry about the voice. Um, I thought it was really, really funny. You'd hope it would be in, in Canterbury and uh, there'd be a load of people sitting around, you know, in, in, in kind of deck chairs, sort of uh, 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 you know, singing golf girl and stuff. You know, it's, it's an old caravan reference, isn't it? It's wonderful. Absolutely. And also Ichiku Park. That's a great yes. one. Ichiku Park's a great idea. A mod, a mod, old mods retirement home. People with very kind of fiercely creased trousers. And yeah. <laughs> purple purple hearts for elevenses. <laughs> Billy Hush. Billy Hush says uh, on the similar dystopian theme to John Rowland's um, Every Day is Like Sunday Retirement Village. He said that he, he, he imagines a place called Strange Town. Yes, that's which is exclusively for Paul Weller, modernist obsessives. And he has to have a dress code so fastidious he can't get in himself, get in. you know. Um, so you, 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 you've never fancied yourself in a kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, a canned heat retirement to village or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I fancy myself, well, Barrytown for Steely Dan. Steely Dan oh, yes. Yes. Electric yeah. Ladyland would be good, I think. You won't call it Electric Ladyland or Mars Hotel or Shakedown Street for. Uh, yeah, I think Dead. I think the Greenville Dead kind of, uh, you know, leaving aside the question of their name, I think they very much lend themselves to they this do. kind of thing. Actually, it's comfortable retirement. It's capacious shorts, isn't it? Yes, and, uh, a large cocktail and a lot of snoozing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if anybody's got any suggestions for uh, you know rock-related retirement communities that they would uh, very much like to see, uh, get in touch. This is a junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit. So we've been enjoying this book, Exit Stage Left by Nick Durden, The Curious Afterlife of Pop Stars. And we actually recorded a chat with Nick about this. It was really good. It was really good, which will be appearing sometime in the next few days. And, And it's basically, we're fascinated by this business. We've always been fascinated professionally by this business that, you know, people have their, have their moment in the sun. And then it's the question of how they deal with you know, the, moment, the moment afterwards. The, the afterlife, you know, is, is eternally fascinating. Because if, if you're a rock star, what happens is, is you kind of, one day you're a normal human being, then you're a rock star. But then... The rock, being a rock star kind of stops. You have to go back to being a normal human being again. And the, the book is about how people deal with that. And anyway, one of the things that came up in the book again and again is people reflecting on their moment of success. And they'll tend to always say the same things. You know, we were on top of the pops or we were on the cover of the NME. And I thought this was really interesting because those two achievements were the kind of the dream objective of everybody who started a band at the age of 17 or 18. If you'd achieved one of those things, you could almost retire, couldn't you? 
you could. Everybody I knew Blamage being on top of the pops, and I think it was Neil Arthur saying to the camera, saying, "Hello, Mum," you know, or sort of put the kettle on when I'm home or something, because that's the kind of big moment you have finally made it. You're on top of the pops. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. Absolutely, it's all the pops, and then in the kind of indie world, you know the. Bit being on the cover of the enemy or appeal session or, or just the John Peel show. It's, it's yeah. a play. There were groups like Bogshed would have kind of you know they would have formed in order to get played on the on the John Peel show. And having been played, they could pretty much think that they've achieved all they set out to achieve and split up. You know, I just thought it was it was interesting to wonder, given the decline in the importance of those kind of conventional media. Moments, the top of the pops, the enemies, the the John Peel show. What are the things that bands, you know, young bands, dream of? And I was asking this on Twitter, you know, and lots of people said, "Oh, I dream of a fair payment system for Spotify and all that kind of stuff." Well, I don't think that's that's not really what I'm asking, you know, because. I don't think anybody at seventeen dreams of that. You know, they don't dream about having a decent retirement at the age of sixty-five. What they dream about is what they might achieve in the next in the next year that will somehow communicate to all the people they grew up with, or all their family, or all the people they live near, that they've kind of arrived. And once you take away those kind of old media markers. How do you do that? No, you do I don't I've, really know. I've just dug a couple out. I've got to just show them to you, actually. Oh, and, God, this is, wah. So wah, this is wah on the cover e of Smashing. Yeah, yeah. And here's another one, which I thought was not too classic. That is Strawberry oh, Switchblade, Strawberry Switchblade on the cover of Smashing. Now, my contention is that both Pete Wiley and um, Strawberry Switchblade will have printed copies of that magazine hanging somewhere in their house. Yeah, they will. Then they will, because that's how you explain to your nearest and dearest and your grandchildren or whatever that that you had achieved something. Yeah, you yeah, think, yeah. You know, I, I can remember that all those people like set the tone being on the cover of the Enemy, Virginia Astley, Secret Affair, the Au Pairs were on the cover of the Enemy. Will they have copies of those things? Yes, indeed, they will. 
because it's the physical proof, isn't it? It they're is. Trophies. They're trophies. That indicate it, it success. Is. And and in the world of media that we live in now, you can't have that anymore. You know, because you may, you know, like, like various people suggest things like Owen Owen our friend Owen Parker suggested. Uh, for quite a while, uh, the the dream uh, of a young band was having a sink on One Tree Hill, the uh, the American drama. And uh, he says, for the 18, 19-year-olds in bands that he knows nowadays, it's the possibility of going viral on TikTok. And uh, undoubtedly, those are... But it is, but it's not... They're really you can, powerful. You can't physically show anybody. No, it's anything. fleeting, isn't it? By its very nature. And it's gone within seconds, exactly. Um, which you need to be able to, you know, years later, if you're on Top of the Pops in 1984, well, you can get a tape of it out and say, look, there I am. Yeah, in between on YouTube. Exactly. In between Queen and God knows what, you know. I was once there. Uh, Tim Collins says that um, that the nearest thing to it nowadays is an acoustic cover version on a Christmas ad, and thinking about you know like a a John Lewis, uh, a John Lewis Christmas commercial sync, you know, would um, would achieve a certain amount of that. But that's Um, somehow not about your personality, isn't it? If you're on the cover of a magazine, you know, clearly there's something charismatic, sufficiently charismatic about you to make them want to put you there. Yeah, yeah. So I still don't know what it is that, you know, the people, I can see how there's certain things they want to achieve in terms of career. I can see that uh, and making money and so forth. But, you know, get, when somebody starts a band, they're not thinking about that kind of thing. They're thinking of what they really want to do at root is prove to their parents and the people they went to school with that they didn't completely waste their time. That's what they want to do, isn't it? You know what I mean? That's what drives them more than anything else. Because if you're in a band that failed, and most bands fail, there's a part of it that's kind of funny. If you're in a band that made it at any level, you've got a certain amount of dignity. You have. For the rest of your life, you know what I mean? You're a member of the Nashville teens or... Strawberry Switchblade or whatever, they can't take that away from me. That happened. And, and there's the proof. And, uh, and now we live in a world where it's, it's a lot more difficult to um, establish the proof, to show your bona fides, I suppose, show your medals, to show your medals in the future. We will be a lot harder than it, than it was in the past. They're medals, aren't they? Precisely. The Word Podcast. Fix yourself a drink and it's like being in the pub. So Mark and I both got given uh, this week uh, special frames into which you can put the uh, covers of 12-inch albums to, to use them as wall decorations. I've never had one of these before. Really so I, I thought we'd play a game. We'll play a game, Alex, with it, which needs your uh, your involvement in this. Okay. Okay. And this is... Uh, we're going to play a game of kind of quick draw LPs here, okay? So both Mark <laughs> and I, both Mark and I have taken a record, not entirely at random, from our individual collections, and we've chosen to put its cover in this frame. And we're going to hold them up, okay, and see if you recognize either of them. And then you're going to judge, Alex, 
which one is the coolest. Okay, it's a style off. (laughs) It's a style off. Are you ready, Mark Keller? Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. Let's do it. I'm going to give you a countdown. Okay, three, two, one, go. Ooh, oh, oh, wow. oh wow! That's good. Wow. Yours is good, but I think surely mine has a little <laughs> bit of style. This it? is this is going to mean a lot more to our Patreon supporters who are, of course, watching this. Uh, well, other people are simply listening, right? So, would you like to describe what you're holding up, Mark Ellen? Well, I'm holding up the first album by the Wailing Wailers. This is, it's so brilliant. There's a little picture of uh, Peter Tosh and uh, Bob Marley and Bunny Livingston uh, on the front. This was in the mid 60s. And it's this wonderful sleeve with this kind of, with with the kind of detail of the kind of teardrops falling. Right. Yes, absolutely. And they're doing uh, versions of things like What's New Pussycat, you know, all the big hits. Oh, it's just an absolute, it's one of my favorite bits of album design ever. I think it's good. That's very good. Okay, well, mine is mine is rather different, probably from only a few years later. This is uh, this is called "Cruising with Reuben and the Jets." This is obviously a record made by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention um, in the late sixties. And I think if you look at the, the kind of speech bubble here, it actually says, "Is this the Mothers of Invention recording under a different name in a last ditch attempt?" to get their cruddy music on the radio, okay? <laughs> so it couldn't be more different from the Wailing Whalers cover. You know, the Wailing Whalers cover, which is really straight and sincere. It is. This is, this is sarky and post-psychedelic, if you like. Okay, so we're going to hold them up, and Alex, you're going to judge, okay? What's it going to okay. be? Right. Oh, gosh. My Who word. do you think? Go on, I have to I- hurry you. I've got to say, I've got to say that yours edges it. I think, Dave. I, I just, I'm a sucker for cartoon. What can I say? I win. I win with cruising with Ruben and the Jets. Okay, okay. So that I think uh, graphic designers would have gone for mine, but you know, there we yes. are. There yes. fine. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll take it on the chin. Okay. Well, what else have we got in any other business? We, of course, we've announced our um, June the 18th word in your park. Uh, taking place in uh, in Holland Park in, Holland in Park, London, yeah. which is we are going to celebrate Paul McCartney's 80th birthday, and so you should already have had uh, details of that and uh, and opportunities to book. We'd love to see you there. We can guarantee you the weather is going to be fabulous. We're doing it in the, in the wonderful um, kind of Tenting covered amphi- amphitheatre of. Yeah. Um, uh, of Opera Holland Park uh, through their through their good offices. If you, anybody who came last year will know what a fantastic day people had. Licensed bars, not far from your seat. Opportunities to meet and greet other members of the massive and uh, and be entertained and stimulated and who knows even provoked. The, and and uh, a musical element too. We're thinking of having yes. a ukulele element. Yes, uh, Paul McCartney songs. So yes, uh, it's going to be it'll be highly entertaining. So if you you know if you're the kind of person who can play a Paul McCartney song on a ukulele to a passable level, we you know you really ought to be getting a ticket for this. So full details. Where can people find full details, Alex? Will they be under this under this podcast? I suppose they will. Yep, they'll be in the show notes, and there will also be uh, a ticket section on wiyelondon.com. Okay, wiyelondon.com. 
make sure you check that out, as they say on the radio. <laughs> um, is the Oscars? Is it the Oscars tonight? Oscars I won't. I won't be watching. But um, I've been. Uh, I've been. I've fallen down a rabbit hole recently of watching eighties eighties films, and uh, I watched Broadcast News in the last week. Oh, I saw it too. It's on uh, Disney Plus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also that then led me to I'll tell you what I watched last night, which I haven't seen for years. Working Girl, Melanie Griffith oh, and Harrison God, yes. Ford, Mike Nichols film. Actually, really good, really yeah. good film. But in both cases, you 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 look at in certain scenes, you look at Holly Hunter is the female star of Broadcast News, and Melanie Griffith is, is the female star of uh, of uh, uh, Working Girl, and you think, my God, the things that were done to women's hair it's in the nineteen eighties, it is genuinely breathtaking. It, Holly Hunter in virtually every scene in broadcast news has a completely different do going on. <laughs> kind of frizzed up and then weird lady die type flicky fringes, little it's bubble just, perms. It's just and ridiculous. Think how much of that will come back? It's yeah, probably it, never. I don't know. Never. Because the male stars in both cases kind of look pretty much the same as they looked ever since. You know they what do. I mean? Nobody, nobody fixed William Hurt's hair for broadcast news, but they did it for Holly Hunter. And you think, and my bigger question for, for you and for the massive is will the extreme hairstyles of the 1980s sported by such memorable figures as Pat Sharp, Lamar, Gajikuku, <laughs> Mike Peters from The Alarm. I don't know. You can probably reel off a load of your own suggestions. Will they ever come back into fashion? Because there was a time when nobody thought the 50s would ever come back into fashion, or the 60s, or the 70s, or whatever. There have but to be elements of fashion that are simply unrepeatable. And that's probably <laughs> what I think the girl that was summed up the 80s for me was Katrina of Katrina and the Waves, you know. Yes. Had a great looking girl, but she had that kind of, that kind of, she wore trainers, didn't she? It was trainers. And a kind yes. of uh, and a kind of uh, linen Teddy jacket, boy jacket a long jacket, long yes. jacket with the yes. sh sleeves shunted up the arms, yes. you know? yes. and that kind of what well, I think we used to be known as pub hair, just kind of big curls, wasn't it? Pub hair, pub never hair. heard that word. Yeah, pub <laughs> hair. I don't know why, just massive amounts of hair products added, you know. And I, will that look ever come back? I very much doubt it. Yeah, what do you think, Alex? Have you uh, you got any favourite eighties hairdos that? Uh... You've ever been tempted to emulate? Oh gosh! Uh, oh, the Johnny Marr quiff. All oh, right, yes, yeah, of good, course. Yeah, that's a good one. Play, playing it safe, of course, but uh, you know that's uh, that's that's peak peak eighties for me. Yes. Um, There'll be elements of the eighties that won't come back. Leg warmers has got to be one of them. Shoulder pads, <laughs> sweatband, headbands, shoulder pads, shoulder pads. <laughs> shoulder yeah. pads play a part in the in the plot of uh, Broadcast News, don't they? Yeah, because yeah, she yeah. she gives uh, she gives Albert Brooks her shoulder pads to make she him does. look better, or made him look look better while reading the news. broadcast news is a great movie. My God, he's got some good lines. There's a bit at the end where Jack Nicholson, as the most sinister character, oh, Angel, Vol Volpine comes in Volpine precisely, and you can feel the temperature lower. Yeah, and he's really there to God. sack twenty seven members of the staff. And, and as his, as, his uh, as the boss who has to do it points out, supposedly jokingly, well, you could cut a million dollars off your own salary, and it has to kind of backpedal furiously, you know. 
And there's a bit where he's sacking these people. And the guy says to him, he says to him at the end, is there anything else I can do for you? And he says, uh, well, I certainly hope you can die soon. And I thought that was a fantastic <laughs> line. And you've just been fired, you know. Yeah, That's yeah. a great well, film. Really well, let me recommend to you your next one's Working Girl. I think you really, yeah, watch really watch Working Girl. Yeah, you, you'd enjoy it. Um, anything to add? This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.